Chapter six of the Peril Finders by George Fenn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six. The doctor carefully opened the roll of skin upon the table, while Chris turned the lamp up a little higher, keeping one eye upon his father's actions the while, and then scanning eagerly the plainly seen marks which pretty well covered the little guide. For that it was evidently intended to be so as to give future searchers an easy means of reaching the treasure that the unfortunate adventurer had discovered all gazed down at the skin which had been smoothed out and for some minutes not a word was spoken but it did not take long for the whole of the party to come to the same conclusion and it was this that the adventurer had taken great pains in the preparation of his map for another's benefit in case he should not be able to seek for the treasure himself but that to make his chart available it needed something more griggs was the first to give his feelings words which expressed the thoughts of the rest exactly this is all very well he said as he wrinkled his brow and scratched his head vigorously and it's very nicely done for a man who seems to have begun by making his own makeshift for paper and then his own pen and ink what do you make this skin to be doctor the nearest guess i can give is that it is the skin of a jack-rabbit that has been pegged out tightly and dried in the sun same here said griggs but what about the ink ah that looks like charcoal ground very fine mixed with water and some kind of tree gum and painted on with a pointed piece of wood that's just what i thought it might be cried griggs and a deal of trouble the poor fellow has taken with it look here neighbours east and west and north and south plain enough what does he say here des yes that's right enough and means desert plenty of it too and what's here no water of course and over and over again n w that means no water of course mountains under these stars plenty of em too more desert and then three stars set triangle fashion about what looks like a square box with someone's name on it no cried both boys together it's temple so it is boys cried griggs and these dots all around it i mean all square about it must mean the city walls well that's clear enough look there cried griggs yes i'm looking said griggs what is it that big w said chris that must mean water or well very likely my boy said the doctor and these square bits must mean houses i suppose continued griggs well it's a prettily done careful sort of map made under difficulties mountains here and mountains there and all the rest desert but he means whoever uses the map to go straight for the place by sticking in all these little arrows right away from the northeast corner across the desert to the temple yes that's the way to go plainly enough cried bourne that's what i thought neighbour well then what are you finding fault about cried wilton sharply you talk as if you despised it oh no not i squire it's a very pretty little map and took the poor chap a long time to do but it seems to me that it's no good at all i don't understand you 
said wilton sharply look here he gives a starting place marked with a big dot and the little arrows go right across to the three mountains and the temple that was how he described it to me said the doctor just so sir that's how i understand it neighbours but what then why of course came in chorus as every one at the table grasped the hitch that the american had seen ah you all hit it now said griggs laughing i think i understand what you mean said the doctor thoughtfully so do i came in chorus and then bourne said quickly suppose you speak out and say what you mean lee it seems to me said the doctor gravely that though this chart has been prepared so carefully and points out the trend of the desert and mountains and also where the gold hills the city and the temples stand while the points of the compass are shown as well it might be a chart of any part of the country a mere patch or a territory of great extent that's so doctor interposed griggs but you haven't quite hit it yet no but i was coming to your point directly you mean that the map gives us no hint of the direction in which the gold hills lie now you've hit it right in the bull's-eye doctor cried griggs that's it say so we made up our minds to go and look for it starting from here are we to begin north south or east couldn't go very far west because that would mean going straight out to sea of course of course was chorused but we could find the place after all cried chris excitedly how said wilton mr griggs can tell us which direction the poor old fellow was coming from no he can't said the personage spoken of he was zigzagging about all sorts of ways and more than once after a stumble i saw him get up upon his legs and go back the same way he came as if he was half blind oh cried chris in a disappointed tone you mean young squire that if i could tell you the direction from which he had come all we should have to do would be to go right along his track till we saw the three mountains yes that is something like what i thought said chris who felt damped wouldn't work youngster cried griggs even if he had come on the last day in a straight line that wouldn't help us about how he came on the other days and as to his trail why the poor old fellow had been on the tramp for years look here all of you i'll give you another chance for a speck i'll take five cents for my share all by don't all speak at once what no one well you are a poor lot only five cents well never mind if you won't make yourselves rich it's no fault of mine i'll keep my share myself in a goose quill stooped up at one end with wax when i get it i should very much have liked to go in search of that place said wilton who hardly heard their american neighbour's words and i too said bourne setting aside the gold discovery it would be most interesting to visit the relics of the ancient city i could do it without seeing the old place said griggs dryly depend upon it you'll find it terribly out of repair i should be dead on the gold how do you feel doctor i should like to explore the old place he replied but i suddenly should make a point of getting all the gold i could then why not try and find the spot cried chris it must be somewhere south 
yes cried ned oh father don't let's give up without a good try to find it the doctor laughed at the boy's eagerness somewhere due south he said a nice vague direction somewhere due south may mean anywhere between here and cape horn no no father cried chris not so far as that i haven't forgotten all my geography since i've been here and i know that there are plenty of desert regions such as that poor fellow may have been wandering in between here and panama here here cried griggs but give us one or two squire chris grew red and uncomfortable but he caught his father's eye looking keenly at him and he spoke out i don't know much about being exactly south he said perhaps some of the places like east but the old man might have been wandering in the mountainous parts of colorado or lower california or or new mexico whispered ned yes new mexico or california or perhaps i've got to mexico itself well done our side cried griggs thumping the table three cheers for our own private professor of geography to be sure there's desert land in all those places as i've learnt myself from fellows who have been there but what's arizona done to be left out in the cold in the sun you mean cried chris eagerly that's the hottest and driest place of all of them to be sure said the doctor the arid zone Desi, it's true said griggs i vote we go and see why not lower california or one of the other states said the doctor dryly to be sure why not said griggs and the boys who smelt change in the air thumped the table quiet quiet boys said the doctor sternly i'm afraid neighbour griggs that your plantation would suffer a good deal during your absence on such a wild goose chase what my plantation suffer cried griggs chuckling oh come that's too good a joke doctor suffer have you been round it lately not for a year past was the reply i've been too busy slaving over our own then you don't know why my good neighbour it's in nearly as bad a condition as that poor old fellow we have just buried have you tried to sell it to some immigrant i have tried to swindle some poor fellow just come into the country cried griggs sharply no i haven't i don't set up for being much of a citizen but upon my word doctor i wouldn't be such a brute as to even give it to a man on condition that he would live there and farm it your joint plantation here is bad enough but my bit's ten times worse i join issue there cried wilton sharply it can't be oh can't it cried the american you don't know what it's took out of me why i'd have pitched the whole thing up a couple of years ago if it hadn't been for you three here what had we to do with it said bourne sharply everything i used to see you folk and these boys plodding along working like niggers no matter how your crops turned out and waiting patiently for better times to come well what of that said wilton of course we wanted to get on so did i squire and seeing you all keep at it so when i wanted to chuck up i pitched into myself and called him this chap daniel griggs you know all the idle lazy scallywags and loafers i could think of and made him daniel you know so ashamed of himself 
that he worked harder than ever. They've all cut their eye teeth, Griggy, my boy, I said, and they wouldn't keep on if there wasn't some good to come out of it by and by, and after that I worked away. But now you all talk of giving up, and say you've proved that there's no good in the place. What's the use of my niggering away by myself? You'd sooner go on such a wild, harum scarum search as this, eh? said the doctor, looking at the tall, sunburnt man grimly. To be sure I would. There'd be some fun and adventure in it. And risk? Well, yes, neighbour. I don't expect it would be all honey. There'd be some mustard and cane in it, too. And danger of wasting her life as that poor fellow yonder did his. Some, said the American coolly. You can't make fortunes without a bit of a fight. I came here to this place to make mine, but there's no stuff here to make it of. If we should find the gold hills now, that would be something like. The fortune's already made. All at once is for us to go and pack it up and bring it away. And to find it first, said Ned's father bitterly. Nay, it's already found, Parson. The poor old boy found it, and gave up the job over to the doctor here, along with those title deeds, which don't say where the land lies. Oh, never mind that. I boggled about it at first, and thought it was a regular blind lead, but I don't know. Amuraki isn't such a big place as all that comes to. There's the gold somewhere, and we've got some sort of a guide as well as the right to it. We're none of us so old that we can't afford to spend a few years, if it's necessary, in hunting through first one desert and then another. Can't you see what a chance we shall have? I must confess I do not, said the doctor. Well, I do, sir. We shall have those places all to ourselves. There'll be no one to complain of our making footmarks over their gardens and strawberry patches. What about the Indians, Mr. Griggs? asked Bourne. The Indian? Yes, there's the Indian. But we shouldn't go as one. We should be half a dozen. And if the foresaid Indian takes my advice, he'll stop at home and leave me alone. I ain't got more pluck in me than most fellows have. But though I called Daniel Griggs or the lazy coons I could lay my tongue to, I've a great respect for that young man. Selfish or not, I like him better than any fellow in this country. And I should no more mind drawing a straight bead on the savage who tried to kill him, than I should mind putting my heel on a sleeping rattler's head while I drew my knife and capitated him. There now. Self-preservation's the first law of nature, friend Griggs said Wilton. Is it now? replied the American. Then all I can say is that number two and all the rest of her laws have got to be very good ones if they come up to number first, sir. Oh, I shouldn't stop for no Indians if I made up my mind to go, Surrey. I should chance that, practice up my shooting, and never go a step without having my rifle charged in both barrels. But can't you see that the chances are very much against anyone finding this place? No, sir. It will be a tight job, no doubt it. But what one man could do, going without the slightest idea where to go nor what there was to find, surely half a dozen of us, counting the young nippers in, could do, knowing what the gold's there, waiting for us, and that we've only got to find the right spot. Only, 
said Bourne sadly. Yes, sir, only. There, if I talk much more, I shall want to go back home to see if there is one ripe orange on my plantation that I can suck. So I'll just put my opinions down straight. Those is them, I say, Squire Ned. That's bad grammar, ain't it? Horrible, replied the boy, laughing. Never mind, you understood it. Look here, gentlemen. There's a fine chance here for a fortune, and I say, have a try for it, and take me with you to help, share and share alike. I'll work with you, fight for you, and share all the trouble like a man. It's worth the try, and I think so much of it, that if you say downright that you won't go, I shall see if I can find a trusty mate and go myself. There, that's all. Griggs threw himself back on his seat so as to get his back square against the wall, tilting the stool on two legs, and looked sharply round the table, and then at Wilton, who had risen and come round to him to offer his hand. The American looked at the long brown fingers and then up in the owner's face. "'What's that for?' he said. "'Want me to shake and then go home, because you're tired of me?' "'No!' cried Wilton fiercely. It's for you to give me yours. I say you're right, Griggs. The place must be found, and I'll go with you to work and fight and throw thick and thin, for I believe in you as a true man. I'll go with you, and we'll find the treasure or come back, worn out, to die. Not we, cried the American, seizing Wilton's hand in his strong grip. I'm with you, to stick to you, Mr. Wilton, like a brother man. I'm ready to start with you tomorrow, if you like, if the doctor here will hand over that document. Any more going on? The two boys sprang to their feet and looked at their fathers, who spoke as one man. Sit down, boys, they cried. Why, you rash young reprobate, cried the doctor. Do you mean to tell me that you'd go off on this mad journey without asking my leave? No, father, of course not. Ned wouldn't either without Mr. Bourne's consent, but I want to go with old Griggs, who has always been such a good fellow to us. I feel sure you and Mr. Bourne both mean to go too. What makes you say that, sir? cried the doctor sternly. Oh, first because Mr. Wilton's going, and you neither of you like him to go without you. Any other reason, sir? Yes, father. It seems to me that as we are going away to make a fresh start, it would be much better to go in search of this treasure than to be sailing straight back to England, not knowing what we should do when we got there. Oh, that's what you think, is it, sir? said the doctor, by your leave, Bourne. Now, Master Ned, pray, what do you think about it all? Oh, cried the boy addressed, speaking to the doctor, but looking hard and searchingly in his father's face. I want to go with Chris, of course, and I think just the same as he does. Why, it would be grand, Mr. Lee. We should have no end of adventures and see the beautiful country. And the dismal desert. Why, you romantic young dreamer, you'll never see a place south of here half so beautiful. But what's the good of it being beautiful if we can't live upon it? Then you'd be glad to go? Oh, yes, sir cried ned hmm well born it seems then that you and i will have to go back to england empty and alone no you won't father said chris quickly 
i shouldn't go without you went too and i shouldn't either father said ned huskily as he went and stood behind his father with his hands resting on bourne's shoulders here i wish you two young fellows had held your tongues said briggs roughly because it's like filling a man full of pleasure and then making a hole and letting it all out again but it's all right lads and thank you all the same no you can't go away and leave your two dads it wouldn't be right and you couldn't expect to prosper if you did but i wish they'd think as we do and say they'd go and chance it really doctor and really mr bourne i'd go to bed and sleep on it perhaps you'd feel a bit different in the morning what do you say the doctor was silent for a few moments gazing full in the american's face the latter receiving the look without blenching let me see mr griggs he said i've known you nearly four years haven't i yes four years four months doctor and that's just as long as i've known you yes said the doctor at last born what do you say to all this shall we go and sleep on it the two boys caught hands and gazed hard at ned's father who was also silent for a few moments before he drew a deep breath and said firmly yes lee old friend i say we go to rest now think deeply and as we should over what may mean success or failure and decide in the morning what we ought to do shout boys cried griggs springing up not one of your english hurrahs but a regular tiger rah rah that's your sort they mean to go yes griggs old neighbour said the doctor in spite of all the terrible obstacles i can see plainly in our path i feel that to-morrow morning my friend and i will have made up our minds that this is too great a thing to give up easily and that we shall decide to go End of chapter six